What up, everybody? This is Jason Lee, and this is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored, and I am back in Los Angeles. I have been away in Atlanta. Shout out to everybody living in Atlanta. I don't know how you do it. It's just too humid. It's too wet. And I ain't talking about the way that leaves you sticky in the morning. But listen, I'm back on the radio right off the plane. And today's show is a little different. So we're going to get into a whole bunch of things like where's Giovanni at? Where's Melissa Ford? Because they ain't here. Them niggas is out. (laughs) (laughs) They're out today. But anyway, uh, we'll get into all that. But this is a different type of show. This is a show where I've invited two of my friends, two of the people that are uh, closest to me, which means that we have fallen out about a thousand times. Million. You haven't been announced yet. So hold the fuck up. So like I was saying, two of my closest friends are here and one of uh, one of the people here at Hollywood Unlocked Behind the Scenes that you never see. So I'm going to introduce them really quick. First, thought number one, that's Rob Smith. <laughs> I'm Rob Smith. I'm not a thought. But yes, I am a longtime friend of Jason Lee. I guess only on the weekends. In the chair next to him is somebody you've seen online multiple times when we travel. I have called him a thought to the extent that now when people walk up to him, they don't even say his name. They just like, what a thought. This is Lee. What's up, everybody? I am the official Jason Lee thought partner, travel buddy. <laughs> yeah, but you're not as bad as I am. You're actually no way. you're actually the voice of reason. Thank you. Until Thank it you. gets until it gets too expensive. And then uh, <laughs> right here to my right is Kelvin. Kelvin is actually behind the show. He comes up with all the hot topics, and he often misspells the shit that we're talking about. But anyway, he's here. He's great. He also does six degrees of sexpiration, and we'll be getting into some topics. So. People watching right now are like, oh, my God, Gio left the show and Melissa got in that car wreck and that's why his friends are here. No. Well, that's partially true. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Already. I just got back from Wild and Out and I felt, you know, Lee has been here holding down the fort. Rob has been a very influential person in my life and has been very supportive. And they never asked me to do anything for them ever. And I always ask them for shit. And they don't (laughs) ever tell me. You asking me for shit, but you ain't never let me ask you for shit. So I figured, why not share my platform and share what y'all are doing and like have a reckless conversation? Mm. Appreciate it. Won't he do it? And I'm Every just time. stuck in the middle of it. So sorry, mom, in advance. <laughs> well, I'm sure your mom has heard, you know, the things that we're going to talk about today. But, uh, you know, we said we weren't going to be too reckless. So look, here's what I've been moved by. You know, I was saying on the set of Wild and Out, where I just got back from shooting season 13, that I had to tell one of my co-stars, I'm not your friend. (laughs) We had this moment, me and one of my co-stars, I'm not going to say their name, but I had to remind them that we're not friends, we're co-workers. And uh, they found themselves in a precarious situation with me where, you know, we had to go there one morning over coffee. But the reality is, is that I learned in this city a long time ago, like everybody ain't your friend and everybody in this business ain't your friend. So I wanted to talk about friendship, but more importantly, share the platform with my friends and have uh, a semi-reckless conversation. So, before we get into that, I have to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> it ain't Gio. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Okay, so Giovanni, those of you listening, you know, was a part of the show. Um, and, you know, he has his endeavors that he's gone on to pursue. And we've been having conversations on this show about elevating the conversation. We live in a country right now where our president is starting wars with people. Not physical shooting wars, but just war of words, just war of cultural beliefs, war of restrictive uh, activities that I feel like this show has now reached an audience where we have to elevate the conversation a little bit. Um, And then on top of that, we're all just so busy. And then with Melissa having her accident, we started having a conversation about where the show was going to go. And this was an ongoing conversation. And so Gio and I had a conversation about it. And we decided, you know, for him to grow and for me to grow and the show to grow, that we would go a separate way. So he's no longer here. Now, that being said, Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored, 
still going to go on. And Gio's welcome to come back, as he's been told, you know, whenever he has something to promote. So there's no drama there. People relax. I know the Geo <laughs> Army is upset, but we'll have uh, people rotate in that seat or we'll have somebody get there that's comfortable. And then when we find the right person, then we'll just move forward as a family. But I am excited to announce Melissa Ford will be back here at the show, top of December. And Yay. she's doing a lot better. So awesome. yeah, I'm happy for her. That. Hey, yes, Melly Mel. All right. So Robert. Oh, so this God. is Rob. Rob is an actor. <laughs> Go ahead and tell your thing. How do we meet? How we become friends? Tell whatever stories you want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, I'm not exactly sure how we first met, um, but, but our relationship progressed and we became closer friends when you moved back from New York. New York and Tell needed, the story. Tell the whole story. And needed a place to crash. And you hit me up and I was like, absolutely, you can, you can crash at my place. And yeah. that became the craziest, what, two? <laughs> two years. Two years. Yeah, two years. <laughs> Maybe the craziest two years I've had out here in L.A. <laughs> Crazy is not the best word. I think exciting. It, well... I, can I, I I'm just because I don't get this opportunity a lot. So I'm like, Jason's not right here. So what's been the craziest roommate situation that you had with Jason? Well, there's one that I know he ain't going to tell on this show. Oh, well, <laughs> you, you <can laughs> there's tell, about four that I don't want to tell. Say, I'll give you five dollars. Tell him tell, the homeless story. So, <laughs> yeah, this is. <laughs> God, I'm so, already done. Apparently, Jason came across someone on the street who he thought would be my type, and they happened to be homeless. So he brought this person to my home, showered them, let them use my white towels to dry off, and kept them there for I don't know how long because I hadn't come home before they were gone. So, Wait, 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 wait. So, pause. Jason, so when you're out scouting for him... And you no, no, you come no, across no, that? No, 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 I went no. I went to Seven Eleven for a Reese's Pieces butter <laughs> and he was sitting there asking for five no, cents. There was somebody sitting in some oil, and I felt first of all, I tell everybody every day, I'm a cross between Oprah Winfrey and Wendy Williams with a penis. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, he does not need to be on these streets. Wendy Williams, I'm about to go hook him up with Rob. <laughs> so anyway, I took this person back to Rob's house, clean him up, like you said, white towels, white oil doesn't work, I guess. And um, Rob was really angry with me. Why would you be so mad? I was thoughtful. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think that was being thoughtful? I, I don't. I think it was being messy. And you know what that's a reference to. <laughs> what? What is a reference to? You're the old platform. <laughs> low-key messy? Low-key oh, messy. Yeah. <laughs> he took it there. He took it there. That was the days of low-key messy. Well, listen. You, what we started off by telling the story is that when I moved back from New York, before New York, I lived in Hollywood, had a beautiful place, all this. And I went to uh, New York for about six months. And when I came back, I was over responsibility. I had mm. worked my whole life. I was like, I don't want, I'm going to just, let me just crash at your place for like a month. We just don't. But the problem was we were partying. This was back when like the socialite phase was really big. Mm-hmm. We were partying every day, like every day, every day, drinking and partying every day, every day. I could make ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars, but I was going to put that towards alcohol in the club. <laughs> but I think then is where you were working with blackfilm.com mm-hmm. and I the boom of the blog was happening. and I knew I wanted to do it. And the one thing that I remember about Rob was just how supportive he was in helping me find my way because i launched a platform called lowkeymessy.com if people know me they know like that was like some messy shit but the idea was it would be funny messy but it was just messy it got messy messy it got messy messy (laughs) and so that really hurt me because i had all these relationships and then on one hand i had this messy blog but then um 
you know, the evolution of Hollywood I'm talking about. But what did you think during that time period? Did you think I'd figure it out? I, I absolutely thought you would figure it out. I mean, the two years of us hanging out wasn't just about the partying. It was us developing a relationship and a friendship and me seeing the potential of where you were going to get to the point where you are now. So I absolutely always knew that this was going to come, you know? Mm. Mm. And the other thing, you know, with Rob, you, you, when, you're, when you're in the hustle, you have to have a friend, whether it's your hustle of selling bundles or your <laughs> hustle of selling drugs or your hustle of selling uh, media, you have to have people in your corner that you know you can lean on that are going to be dependable and that are going to tell you the good word and that are going to talk you off the ledge. There have been many a times that I've been ready to just blow up the earth and Robin said, let me hold the lighter real quick and let's have a conversation. What do you think has been the most difficult thing in being my friend? I would absolutely say the most difficult part is <laughs> you are very, very, uh, you don't budge when you, when you have an opinion on something and it's very hard to get you to like, to let someone in with their opinion. Uh, and I think, but that, it's not a negative characteristic. I think it's just you always being confident in your like beliefs and solid in your beliefs, which is a good thing. But sometimes, uh, you know, we have to push you to let us in a little bit more. Mm, that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Choose your words Definitely wisely. didn't mean it like that, right. <laughs> so Lee here, um, you're a pretty interesting character. Singer, songwriter, creative person. I told you your title should be I Sell Swag. You don't listen. It's in my Insta bio now. So, so when I met Lee, I used to tell him about my fashion, how I was the most fashionable person in the world. Okay. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> when I first met Jason, it was like over a decade ago. He was the most reckless person that I've ever met. I was a step away from a black Republican when I first met him. I was very conservative. And he was like, you know, just turning up. And then I was like, I don't like that guy. But he was like literally everywhere. So I couldn't get away from him. But then, you know, we kind of just like start budding, like, you know, making some type of working relationship. Then I'm like, yo, you know, like, did you ever consider fashion at all? Because, like, when I met Jason, he was, like, in a plaid shirt. Like, it was striped, and it was from Macy's. With some flip-flops off of ice cream flip-flops and some shorts. It was, like, a uniform. And Looking I'm like, like the homeless you know, man. <laughs> you claim to have a lot of money. You, like, you know, people have money dressed nice. But you know what? He got it together, and, like, he has an extensive wardrobe right now. So, hmm. you're welcome. The day I met Lee, we were at a bowling alley. <laughs> and I was telling, you know, somebody said something about some party. And I said, oh, you know, like that sex party so-and-so be having just as conversation wasn't trying to be messy. Like I was just being conversational. Lee was this Christian. Oh, my God. I can't. Oh, my God. And he leaves. I'm like, OK, well, fuck you, then, nigga. So I end up at Pleasure Peace House that night for a party. And then Lee was there and he going to come to my. Oh, can we talk about earlier? I was like, no. <laughs> and then years later, we became friends. All right. Now, here's Kelvin. Yeah, Kelvin, mm-hmm. you're pretty messy and petty, too. I'm slightly petty. I don't think I'm messy though. Six degrees of separation <laughs> is messy. Messy. It's it's messy-ish, but not. It's not like all the way in the bucket. So like blackish is about black people, but it's blackish. Yeah. So this is messy-ish. So what is messy-ish? <laughs> it's like it, it's it's walking the line. Like if if I teeter just a little bit left, I'll probably get a lawsuit. But if not, <laughs> I'm good. We're good. So I was recently in Atlanta <clears throat> filming season thirteen of Wild and Out, which was amazing. But. I also did Dish Nation. And on Dish Nation, so the Brad is sitting right here. She's legendary. Quad from Married to Medicine is right here. Gary with the T and Head Crack. We're all there. And they're like, so what type of guys do you date? And I said, well, I typically date home, homeless sexuals. <laughs> <laughs> mind, you, mind you, it was a joke. Like, people, 
People have now started a campaign of taking pictures of anybody they've seen me with and posted online and saying, is this the homeless sexual? <gasps> Which is sad. So let me define what a homeless sexual is and let me tell you what happened. So I went to Miami. I was invited to dinner with Lenny Kravitz and a few people. And we're in there talking and I take a picture with Lenny and Lenny grabs the phone and he goes, let me see. And he goes to swipe right. Uh-oh. No. 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 I was like, you swipe left or right? Nigga, we gonna change the whole dynamic at this dinner table. So he he gave me the phone back. So loud, but we started talking, and some and I looked at my phone, and somebody had tagged me in a post that said, "Homeless sexual." Like the definition of a homeless sexual is a guy who has sex with men for a place to live. Mm. And I thought, well, damn, where is Josh at? <laughs> and I, I just started thinking about my life, and I found myself curled up in bed wondering, was I ever really in love? Mm. Anyway, after that, it was so funny of a joke that when I went on Dish Nation, I just said, I need relationship advice because I date homeless sexuals. Mm. But I don't. It was a joke. Mm. 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 Uh (laughs) Excuse me? You had a whole chorus over here. I heard a a choir. (laughs) Jason has a specific type. And I'm not going to go into detail, but he's a generous person. And Uh I think he... Generous potential. Generous sounds like a transaction. It, it is transactional. It's very like transactional. PayPal. Actually, it is. Well, I'm, yeah, the, his type is usually good looking and broke. Right. Right. <laughs> no confidence, me? no self esteem. That's not true. So, where do you find <laughs> hold on, these hold on, people? Hold on, at? hold on. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> We're not going to do that. First of all, let's be clear. See, I realized like me dating an attorney or a doctor, we're not going to have much in common. Mm. You're going to talk to me about your law practice, which I'm not interested in. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about what the fuck Carrie Hilson ain't doing. <laughs> we not going to be able to work. Okay. Or I'm going to want to take a trip somewhere and you're going to have to go work at the See Now, mind you, if I meet you and you work at the burger barn, <laughs> it's an easy conversation. You ain't going back to the burger barn today. <laughs> you going with me to, you, we going to London or oh, we going, God. we going to go to Japan. So I've dated people whose time is flexible. Mm-hmm. So they can fit into your schedule. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense, though. But you don't believe that? Mm-mm. You don't believe that? <laughs> I, I mean, I like this justification. I, like, <laughs> I it makes well sense to, out. to the to the untrained ear. It makes sense. But what I know, Jason, like, he's they're treated very well. I'll give you that. Like, he really be flipping lives. Like, I, I'll sit there and, like... <laughs> and then like he's a new HGTV he show. Does. Flip he, lives. Like, oh, hey... <laughs> Let me copyright that right you, now. You life uh, <laughs> low key. But no, like he really flips lives. Like we'll go see somebody and they'll like be like, you know, around a five or a six. And then after we get done with them, like he's like, Lee, I need you to go shopping for them. You know, there's always a check. I don't say no to any bags. So at the end of the day, I go and I'm like, okay, I know what they need to do. You need to, we're going to send them to Allen. Allen going to cut their hair. <laughs> then after we take them to Allen, we're going to go, we're going to get them the flyest sneakers and we're going to go do them a little, um, Fashion Nova because they're not ready for a designer yet. So uh, <laughs> after we get them like the, the Fashion Nova man, and then they're a new person and they get this swag and then they start feeling themselves. And then I look and I pull them to the side like, yo, bro, I've been his friends 10 years. Don't get too comfortable. You'll be gone tomorrow. And I swear to God, every day that I say that, the next day they're on a plane back to wherever they came from. Tell the story about my birthday when we go to Vegas. Don't oh. say the name though. Just <laughs> Come on now. I'm media trained. Um, <laughs> uh, so pretty much, um, Jason find another potential. That's what we're going to call them, their potentials, okay? Uh, and I'm sitting here, and I'm just a good friend, and I'm like, okay. 
And I looked to the guy, I pulled him to the side. I pulled Jason to the side. Actually, I said, he's not going to make it past the weekend. And then Jason was like, what? Because you have to think about these people, right? You know, I've been blessed and Jason's been very blessed to be around certain people. So sometimes I come and I'm like in a room that I know I should not damn well be in. No, I'm not going to say that because Oprah Winfrey said, if you find yourself in a room, you do belong there. That's what she said. It's just what she said. There you go. Listen to me. Listen, listen to me. It's so funny. I'm going to just, because all my fans know I'm a name dropper anyway. So let's get the fuck over it. Okay. The other night. 5.30 in the morning, I'm sitting in the Waffle House with Tiffany Haddish. We just in the Waffle House talking. But I didn't see her as the Tiffany Haddish on TV. Everybody around us did because I've been blessed with having relationships with people mm-hmm. who've kept me, me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, who we going to get together? Me and Rob don't never talk about the industry. Mm-mm. Me and we don't never talk about the industry. We talk about life, family, dating, problems with dating. <laughs> Why we don't want to date no more. <laughs> when we going to date again after we give up dating. I mean, we talk about things that are like real people shit. Like the time he almost let me get killed in front of his house when somebody tried to stab me. But anyway, that's a whole other Jesus. story. I will, we will go into that story then because I did not let you, almost let you get killed. You almost left me How there. How do y'all find yourselves in these situations? <laughs> Listen. We'll, we'll go back to that story. Get to, okay. That's a good point. But anyhow, back to you. Um, oh, back, to, back to... I mean, like we, I've had friends that keep me grounded. So... But but that's why I can sit in that Waffle House with Tiffany, knowing she's in the biggest movie in the country right now, mm-hmm. but still look at her as the person. Our whole conversation at dinner was, do you see people now that didn't see who you who for who you were mm. when you were as talented as you are now? And she's like, yep. So how do you treat them? And she said, with respect, with dignity. They know I know. I don't have to say anything to them. Like, you know, mm. I'm soaking up that game because those kind of stories keep me Focus, because there's times I'd be looking at people, and I know you have as talented as you are, mm-hmm. you as talented as you are, look at people like, how did you get it? Yeah. Or you may look at it like, my blessing ain't came yet, but you just don't know, it's on the way. Right, right. You just, you, is that, that meantime, you got to stay in the meantime. Yeah. I receive it, Pastor. Um, <laughs> anyway, back, anyway, back to my tie, or back to the uh, birthday. Trip. Yeah, so we're, um, you know, again, I've been Jason's friend over a decade, which is, <laughs> that's a miracle. Um, but the kid goes in and I'm looking and I'm like just uh, peeping game. We're going to clarify kid. Cause this is <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, let me, let, I'm so sorry. I didn't yes. mean it like that. Okay. Let All me verify. Jesus. I just felt my Instagram. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the motherfucker was grown. All right. No, they're all, they're all grown. They're grown. No, no, no. Let's, let, let's clear that up. I just, Lee, kid is a, I'm Lee a New Jersey. Lee is from New York, New Jersey. Yeah, I'm a New Jersey. They and say we, kid, you know, like, let's verify kid. that right now. No, um, the young adult was there, and um, <laughs> um, they have never flown on a plane before. And like you know, I'm walking them through how like where like Jason has um, he's really bougie, so he has something like called global entry and TSA pre-check. And it's for people who travel a lot. That means you don't have to wait in line; you go automatically through. I don't have that. So at the end of the day, like when and you would think the friend you traveling with will wait for you. He doesn't wait for me. He goes through, and no, I wait. No, I wait for you at the gate. At the gate, right, <laughs> right. When I arrive 30 minutes later. So um, hit the, so I'm walking through with out plus one. And then mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to put his bags in. He doesn't know that you can't put metal through a metal detector. He's trying to bring in water bottles. And I'm like, yo. And I'm really looking like this kid doesn't know anything. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, and I pull Jason to the side. I'm like, yo, bro, he's not going to make it past the weekend. And Jason looks at me like every, every time he does. <laughs> You don't know what you're talking about. 
I know. I, I got this. He's good. He's good. So the kid is making plans. Jason's the young man. The young man. The young adult. <laughs> can we just the we fully just grown? Wait, for the sake of today, can we just Sorry. ban the okay, word okay. kid? Yes. Right. The fully grown man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm for, listen. Let this be clear. <clears throat> Everybody at this table has their thing. Everybody. I am 41 years old. I am 41 years old. People be like, but you don't look 41 because I keep up with the people that I date that are typically 23, 25. You know, if I want to go old, they're about 27. <laughs> you know, it keeps me alive. So I just want to just uh, clear so, that up. So for the record, but we have a scandal. Thank God we finally have a platform for the record for people who have been tagging me and posting me every time they see me on a trip with some negative. Jason, I am not Jason Stite. Let's just oh verify no, but that. Let, let's be clear. Right. Lee is my friend, right? Thank you. And 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 let me and Rob is my friend. Although I think Rob has been attracted to me for years. <laughs> <laughs> Rob it is just out today. <laughs> no, Rob no. is just my friend. No, but it's so funny because because you know, and that's the other thing. You know, you could be I love that I have friends who allow me to be as reckless as I need to yeah. be at times. They don't judge me. They mm-hmm. they will tell me sometimes like, "Okay, bro, you done went a little too far off the mm-hmm. edge with that one." You know, but there's no judgment. It's like I can be vulnerable. I can tell all my they literally know all my business. And I'm gonna tell you. These motherfuckers come out with a book. <laughs> Listen, listen, buy it. That girl who buy released it. the book, I'm sitting there looking at that book like, this is lightweight. Like, what is this? No, first of all, oh, they're talking about the, the intern. intern. One of my former interns, who I met four times, wrote a book. First of all, what she needed to do was write a book about how to find a proper bundle. Oh, that goddamn hair looked like somebody uh, oh, put, put her jackass against the wall and what threw tacks at You know, and the thing about it is, and this is why I don't trust people. Let me see. Smile. Smile real quick. Okay. This is why I don't trust people with an underbite. I didn't know if you had an under or overbite. No, no. This is why I don't trust people with an underbite. A motherfucker with an underbite is a shady bitch. You was born fucked oh, up. No, no, no. You when you came through that vaginal canal, mm. God knew you was half the woman that you was gonna be. Mm. And I should have when I saw her mouth and she talked with a lisp. How you have a lisp and an underbite? Jesus. And you fat and have bad bundles and you're plagiarized stories. Jesus. That's a lot. Anyway, back to this girl, right? So when she wrote the story, I'm thinking like Girl, do you know how many stories is really out there that you could have really you could have right. you could have put a masterpiece together? Right, that little shit. I'm a hard worker. I make you do what I want you to do. Right, I don't give a fuck. Right, and very disciplined. Everybody, huh? Very disciplined. I would say you're what. Jason is about his business. I have will say that I haven't met anybody that says they're gonna do something like for the most part. It comes down to money. Pretty much a step. Uh, close his ears because his head's about to get big. Uh, <laughs> but no, I've never met anybody that gets the bag like he does. Like Lee calls me one day and he says to me, "Hey man, I found a hoverboard. A guy who makes hoverboards." I said, "Oh, did you really? Well, where's he at? I'm about to get sued. He's <laughs> he's in New York." I said, "Well." By the way, all of us fly free. Yeah, Listen, I think I remember this. Stop putting my business on the streets. <laughs> we, we all fly free. I have to show a release form. For some notes I did not sign a release form. We all fly free all over the world. But anyway, oh. that's another story. And so let me just say that uh, when he calls me, tell me he had this hoverboard. I'm like, want to meet the hoverboard. When I tell you we put together a two piece and got about forty thousand dollars. Now that that was broke to me is I got the we got the forty thousand dollars and then we spent it all. But somehow we spent it. 
I don't remember. Well, this is how we spend it. Let's back to the Vegas trip. He's going to find a new potential, and then the potential is going to need a wardrobe change. So that's where I come in. You know, I do creative direction. I've done it for years. I sh- personal shop, shameless plug. Um, but, you know, I go and get them the newest Jordans, the flyest sneakers. And, and you throw your shoes in there, too. Of course. Come on now. <laughs> now, I'm going to teach y'all something about the hustle. If you don't have money can for we, yourself, you need a friend. Can we finish this story? With the, okay, bottom line is the, the boy went to Vegas for my birthday. His shoes was dirty. I bought him some new pair of shoes. He went to throw the old pair of shoes away. And I told him not to. He said not to. He said, don't worry, Jason. He's going to buy me some. And then by the next day, he was He had no shoes. Dang. He was barefoot <laughs> no, on the plane. No, he had the shoes on bottom. <laughs> But he only had another pair of white shoes. I'm like, boy, don't throw those he away. Those are good. He only came with one pair of shoes. <laughs> well, listen, this, listen. I'm telling you, there's a particular. Wait, how but, long no, was this trip? A weekend. And with one pair of shoes? Yes. Well, if you want to hear a story similar to that mm. about somebody who had one pair of shoes, wait. He, so y'all just gonna come on here and tell all my business? Come well, on, brother. I'm, 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 this is just this go is just ahead. another story from the two year span of being in my my place. Yes. And there was another <laughs> adult. Potential. Another adult, potential adult, potential? who <laughs> was invited adult. to stay, and who needed something to wear. Oh, so okay, let's back up for my birthday. <laughs> Another birthday. One of my birthdays, some <laughs> somebody brought me a living, breathing human being as a birthday present. <laughs> what? I said, he said, meet here's me, so and so, and I'm like, hey, you know, cornrows, Puerto Rican. I'm like, what's up? This is your birthday present. I said, shut the hell up. <laughs> He said, no, for real. I said, you my birthday present? He said, mm-hmm. Move in with us then. I mean, you know, so, <laughs> Move he came, in. so he came to stay at the house. And then now you tell the story. Instead of hiring a personal shopper, <laughs> he decided to personal shop in my closet. <laughs> so I come home and he's walking around in my underwear, <laughs> which is weird to me because I'm not about to put on some other man's underwear. That's just I'm not doing what? it. Period. And so I'm like, oh, okay. He said, well, Jason said I could borrow a pair of underwear because I needed some. <laughs> How like, do you borrow underwear? Okay. <laughs> right. It I gets- know, how do you find these guys with no clothes? First of all, it's- first of all, let me be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> let me be very clear. They fine. They fine. You know. No, 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 no. My uh, weakness, my weakness. See, ever, it, most men's weakness is pussy. They get a piece of pussy, and these niggas want to do cartwheels for Jesus. Where is it? You ain't been to church one Sunday, mm. but you'll go fuck this fat bitch named Tootie. Oh, <laughs> Who will give you a place to stay because you're a homeless <laughs> heterosexual. But the uh, homeless sexual. It's still a homosexual. Homeless sexual. Homeless sexual. But here's the deal. My thing is, if you, are, I love beautiful people. If people be like, damn, Jason ain't got no ugly friends. No. Now, my friend is straight. He's from Paris. He's in the back. He's straight. He's a model. But he's good looking. If he come back and he got a, if he come back without an eye, he gonna have to find another friend. <laughs> that is low. I know. Get it? I know. Anyway, oh. no. But here's the deal. <laughs> I have beautiful people around me. That's just because I choose. My spirit won't allow me to not be around beautiful people. If I'm not, if there's not somebody beautiful in the room, I will literally go into a depression. You know, there is an energy. I'm not going to. Anyway, so he had your clothes on. <laughs> he had your clothes on. Tell, tell your story. Long long of the short is they went out, and I was like, I'm going to stay home. And I just got curious, so I was like, let me let me open up his, his bag. Because <laughs> no. if he has on my underwear, he probably has no. other things, too. So I'm pulling out my shirts. No. My jeans, my shorts, 
shoot, he just had, he just packed up everything. And when he came back, I was like, bro, like, why, why, why are all my clothes in your bag? And he's like, oh, because I borrowed them and I was going to wash them. Whoa. Where? If you he, borrowed that much in two days <laughs> and you were going to put it in your, where were you going to wash it at? But I just think New he, York. That's what, if he came with one pair of shoes and a shirt, where's, where's the laundry mat? <laughs> no, no, he had more than that. But I think, well, he met me on my birthday as a present. But then after I, after I unwrapped him, I wanted to keep it. But the, the, thing, <laughs> the, the thing about it is, is that, um, that's the same person I got into a fight with. Not, I didn't fight him. Me and him got in a fight in the streets of West oh, Hollywood really? with forty people, and Rob almost left me there to bleed to death. Well, Rob, not true, Robert. Tell you want to go get help. See, your your side of the story is always a little bit different. Here's the story: mm. somebody's getting beat up. Me, of course, a good Samaritan. <laughs> I go and jump in to break it up. I get hit by a few people. There's a lot of people punching people. I get hit in the head by a transsexual. <laughs> with a heel or what? It was a stiletto. I guess. Yeah. But you know, when you're fighting three people here, it's, yeah. over, it's too much. You yeah. can't fight everybody. But anyway, <laughs> blood started pouring. I look like Carrie. Blood everywhere. Mm. Rob left me by myself. Not true. So what happened, Rob? Yeah. <laughs> so Jason says... I need to go to the hospital. You absolutely do because you look like Carrie. It was blood, like thick blood from head to toe. And I said, well, let me go get my car. Because Jason was like, go get your car, get your car. I was like, okay, let me go get my car. Did you walk? No, I ran to my car. Okay. We're doing good so far. (laughs) (laughs) And my my, uh, seats were cream leather. Oh. So I went to the trunk. And I pulled out a sheet that I had in the trunk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I I covered the seat. With I'm, the sheet, and I'm, then I jumped in the car the, and I drove over. By the, by, way, time by, I, the, by the way, I'm bleeding to death. He's not, he's not bleeding to death. <laughs> You're left in the corner when you bleed die. out of your head, there's a lot more blood. So it just seems you just thought you were bleeding to this death. This bitch watched one episode of ER. I'm just, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. And now he's telling me I'm, I'm dying. He wasn't dying. Okay. It, it looked like he was. So I pull up and he's getting into a taxi, which I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the taxi driver pulled over, but I went to get the car. You just. Anyway, I went to the hospital. Shout out to Cedar Sinai for saving my life. Amen. Okay, so you were going to ask. Well, there's just a lot going on, first off, at the table. <laughs> I'm learning so much about you, Jason, and thank you guys. Um, I, is it because they're naked on Instagram? No. That they don't have the clothes to fund no, 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 themselves no, no, no. when they get here? No, let's or is it that you just don't like the way they dress? No, so you're like, I'm going to make you better. Okay, so this is what it is. Typically, if I'm hanging with somebody and they don't have style or they don't have, they don't look like they got it together, I'll have Lee help me put them together. Mm-hmm. And then once they're put together, the clothes they have with them don't matter because them clothes don't match yeah. the look. Yeah, so it's like Build-A-Boo. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you know what? But let yeah. me say this, though. I don't have a problem making sure that somebody that I'm enjoying time with looks good, feels good, eats good, has a great experience. Mm-hmm. Because I know when you go back to your girlfriend, Jesus, or whatever, Jesus, you gonna not you gonna remember that experience? Because let me tell you something: this is a lifestyle. This is not a plaything. Also, you can't like walk into certain parties, certain events if you're not dressed a certain way. You know, discretion of the doorman. So we go into certain places, you won't get in like that. But how many of you out there have had parents or family members who 
used to have these old video recordings be excited about digitizing those movies and those photos. Well, now with Legacy Box, you get to save and preserve all of those amazing things in one place. So let me tell you what I love about Legacy Box. Um, I personally used to have all of this material from photo photos of going to festivals, concerts, home movies. Uh, when I first moved home with my mom, I used to have all these VHS videos that were just sitting around. And even when I was an extra on Living Single and on the Ricky Lake Show, which, by the way, if you find that, I'll give you $100. Crazy. All right. So I had to go all the way back to my family's house when I visited my sister in Stockton. And I went through these old boxes of tapes that I had. And I've brought them all home and I put them in my legacy box. And why? Because if you have reels from way back in the VHS days, now you're able to digitize all of that and have it online. And you can quickly just send off to people that you may love. You know, people that when you move around, you have boxes, boxes get thrown away, old VHS tapes are thrown in the garbage. You definitely don't want to lose it. So this gives you one benefit of one benefit of having legacy boxes that now you can store all of that stuff and you can work to digitize it. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit legacybox.com today to get started. Plus for a limited time, they're offering our listeners an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash unlock to get 40% off your first order, or you can save up to $200 on the largest Legacy Box kit. Go to LegacyBox.com slash unlocked and save 40% today. Get started preserving your past. So Rob is an actor here in Hollywood. Talk about yes. your journey in acting. Talk about coming out here, following your dreams, ups and downs. What keeps you motivated? What, what do you like? What you don't like? Absolutely. So I'm yes, moved out here actually from from Chicago, but moved out here from Atlanta to pursue my acting career. Um, it's been an interesting journey, but a good one. Um, lots of ups and downs. But for me, the motivating factor has just always been um, knowing that in in this journey, there's no um, cutoff age, no cutoff uh, for me to continue pursuing it. So I don't. I have the luxury of not comparing myself to my friends around me who are continuously like you know, becoming more successful day by day. And I've had my successes too, like, you know, my stint on uh, that web series, Milk and Honey, that was produced by Idris Elba and was with Debbie Allen, Boris Kojo, Lance Gross. So I was lucky enough to be around a cast of people like that. Um, so that kept me motivated and inspired. And then, of course, working with BlackFilm.com constantly uh, is, is a motivating factor as well. Um, finding myself, myself in environments like Sundance and um, just having an opportunity to be engulfed in a community of people who love and respect the craft and what they do. So it's, it's, it's been a great journey and it's only going up. But how do you stay motivated? Because you, on the other hand, are different. You get frustrated with the industry because mm -hmm. of time. Mm -hmm. yes. Why? Well, like uh, similar to what he said, and then like, you know, we, a lot of people who spend time in Hollywood, you're like, it's not strange to have famous friends or have people that are on when you're in like major cities like New York and Hollywood but you also start finding yourself doing the same work even sometimes working harder or just in looking you like oh, okay you pop on the TV and you're just like oh my god that's da 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 but you like what sometimes it makes you feel like what did I do wrong what am I doing wrong or it's just the overall process becomes draining and then Hollywood requires a lot and like what you said, I do agree that there isn't a cutoff time, but we also have personal <coughs> timelines where we would like to be like, you know, I have my family. A lot of them are established. They 
are married and kids and have like start progressing in life. And I feel like at sometimes I feel like I'm wasting. But they also settle down for normal life. Mm -hmm. True. But that's also a struggle of mine. Sometimes I wish that I could be satisfied with normal things where you like, you know, come on. Yeah. You're on a private jet one week. Me and him going travel throughout London and then you go somewhere else and then you're home, you get a call, then somebody sends a plane for you. Then you're walking a red carpet. How do you go back to New Jersey and live a normal life after that? Mm -hmm. So with that, and then it's also like, it's like, it's like a torment because I get to see all of this, these amazing things all the time. And it's like my, like, it's like my fake life. So it's like, you know, I live a very luxurious, glamorous life on the outside looking in, but it's still like. I'm not, that's not my real life. I just attend those things. But you know what I love about the conversation we're having about me staying with you for those two years? I had to humble myself to be able to say in my truth that there were two years that I chose to not be productive, as productive. And, you know, I had a friend, you know, look out for me and give me that opportunity to stay there and figure it out. I mean, it was one day literally in the sobriety of those two years, I was like, I'm living in somebody's house. <laughs> and I had to pick myself the fuck up and go mm-hmm. get my own place and, just, you know, get back to what I was doing. But I think one thing that I struggle with, which is different than you and maybe you, is I struggle with, like, I'm on Wild and Out. I do Dish Nation. I'm doing this morning talk show. I'm doing all this. And I still feel like, one, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Two, I also feel like um, there was this complex that Viola Davis says she had. It was the... Um, I forgot what the complex is called, but basically where you feel like you're, you don't belong there. Mm-hmm. Not even though I know when I'm in a room, I belong there because Oprah said it. And if Oprah said it is real, but I still struggle sometimes with still wanting to preserve being private and not being as noticed right. with knowing you have to be noticed to have the influence, mm-hmm. to have the impact. You know what I'm saying? So like now that I'm kind of in it, I feel like, okay, I don't ever want to be that guy that feels like I can't do X because if I do, then there's this consequence. You know, you do start to feel the pressure as you become more and more recognizable or whatever. But how do you cope with, how do you work to find more of what he's able to accept that like time is not really as important? Well, it's, it's just, as you get older, it's like, because first you all say like, okay, by this age, I'm going to not do this. But then that age hits and then you're not ready to give up yet because realistically, this is our whole life. Like this is what we do. Like if you spend over 10 years doing something, that's what you do. So to like start over would be harder than just to finish what you're doing. So in my mind, the logic, the logic is just to keep going. Then on top of that, like you, like you said, you have small victories and, but like, you know, winning wars and winning battles is two different things. So it's like you could win a war, but it's like ultimately... I'm trying to win the battle. So, and then me, like, I'm not a person, I'm not like a weak person. So giving up is just not who I am. So I just keep going. But you know, like frustrations is a part of life. If you're not frustrated and if you're like, I think I even heard you say this today. If like, if you're like too comfortable, like if you're comfortable, that's not a good sign. You're not going to grow. So like, sometimes you got to get roughed up and beat up a little bit more. to like, you know, get strengthened and learn new things so you can grow. What about you? Cause you're out here. You're what, what are your like long-term goals? I'm going to be, I always say I'm the black mind Seacrest. So journalism. Well, you, you can't do that because that's me, but you can. <laughs> I'm, I'm the, the dark skinned Jason Lee. Okay, um, cool. That's what we're like. <laughs> no, um, just to be a respected journalist and to have a platform to tell our stories that aren't being told. And that's always been my ultimate goal. And listening to these stories, I've only been out here two years now. Mm-hmm. And to hear about like age and like, because I feel like I'm getting old. And mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. Oh, How old are you? I'll be... 
25.5 on Thanksgiving. Okay. So I feel like I'm getting old, you know? 25 years old, I was getting fired from the probation department and going to start work at a union. You know, like, in the thing I've learned about this journey is you exactly where God wants you to be mm-hmm. when you're there. But it's figuring out what is the lesson while I'm there is the hard part because there's so many distractions. People mad at me because I don't follow everybody on Instagram. Oh, I got to follow you back today. <laughs> he just <laughs> followed. He just followed me. No, I just followed him. He just followed I, me. I, I'm, I'm following mm-hmm. my close people, but you know, because the one thing <laughs> I had to unfollow everybody to stop being sucked into what everybody else was doing because mm-hmm. I was so busy measuring my blessings next to everybody else's blessings. The minute I stopped following everybody and stop and stop looking for what people were doing, my eye was only on one ball. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Listen. You know what I'm saying? And so I just feel like, um, but there's there's one thing, though, that I feel like, and just, and just in today having you guys on the show is like, I have to be better at sharing my resources to the people that matter. Because it's not, because you're not going to ask for them. You're not going to ask for them, mm-hmm. but you do have to ask. Because it's really hard when I tell you my eye is so focused on my own shit right now. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, you know, like, I know that like, you don't like to bother me. You'll say... Yeah. Can you introduce me to so-and-so and then you'll go away and think that because I don't follow through, I, I'm not interested in helping, but I'm literally. No, I don't. I would never think that. I would never think that. I know. Like, well, I would think that. I, I mean, there, there's been a one or two times where you're like, hey, I met this person. You should meet them. Just remind me and I'll remind you. But I know you're busy. So, you know, you got to stay on me, though. So how do you find the balance? How do you find the balance between the career and then the personal? That's life? the other thing. So what, thank you for that. So while I'm at Wildin' Out this, this season. I wake up one day in my hotel and I'm all my designer shoes and we got the drivers and the haircuts every day and this and that and the show and all the celebrities coming on me. And you know what I thought? I lost my own self into everything. Mm. I haven't been taking care of myself the way that I need to investing in, you know, uh, personal care or, you know, when you're on a plane all the time and you, there's a lot of times I'm on planes that I don't need to be on that plane, mm. you know, going and taking a trip to Miami for a week because it's fun. I'm at a point right now where if I just slow down that and invest in me a little bit more, I'll have a longer time to do all of that. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had this whole epiphany where, okay, I got to come back and stay connected to my real friends. I got to start working on my personal self more instead of just talking about it. This platform that I have, I have to elevate the conversation a little bit and show that there's more depth to me. I mean, yeah, we could talk about, I can talk about sucking dick, eating pussy and all that too. And all the crazy things that we did, but at the end of the day, there are people that are sitting at work listening right now saying, oh, man, I want to be an actor or I want to be a singer or a creative person. Mm-hmm. Or I want to be a producer or a host or I want to start my own business. Or if they meet my old intern, I want to figure out how to do bundles properly. You know, <laughs> wherever they are, they're sitting there in their, you know, most people tell me that they're listening to us at work. They're trying to figure out how do I find a balance? And the thing is, is that I don't know that there's a real answer other than you have to do what works for you. Mm-hmm. But one thing for me, I can't be so consumed. Like I was so consumed with Hollywood Unlocked the other night. I was laying in my bed in Atlanta, couldn't even sleep. That's not healthy. Yeah. So a couple friends sent me some of their books. So I'm going to give them a free plug. Nick is going to owe me something. All right. So <laughs> a friend of mine, Smith. Smith is used to work for a competitor of mine, um, but he's always been really good and supportive of me. Has a book called So What We Not Going to Do. And it's getting getting you together in Facebook statuses, tweets, and uh, whimsical quotes. And so it's a book of quotes. Uh, one of them, stop taking old rules into new places. That key won't work at, on that door. So I think it's pretty interesting. He has a lot of these whimsical things that he puts on his Facebook. So you should definitely check that out. And one of my former co 
stars on Wild and Out. Her name is Julia Young. She's hilarious. She's a writer. She's she's written on TRL. She's written on um, Wild and Out, and she was on Wild and Out. She has a book called "Please Don't Grab Me." Please don't grab my pussy. <laughs> and it's a book about it's a book about Donald Trump. Just hilarious. She's so creative. She's just funny as hell. But anyway, check out this book as well. So shout out to them. This is a, this is a show about friends helping friends. Apparently, hey. All right. So I have some topics here I want to go over real quick. You guys tell me what you think. First of all, um, we can't go on without mentioning the fire. California is on fire from mm-hmm. the top from mm-hmm. the from the top to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> you can't escape. There we go. I, I can't. <laughs> You know, the thing is, I try to just say things and they just because it's me saying them, you know, the other day we're on Wild and Out and uh, Nick is Nick Cannon is looking at my shoe. You know, I have a really big foot and I have really big, big hands. So I'm looking at Nick, looking at my shoe and we're on the air. So I'm like, Nick, nigga, pick your eyes up. But I'm I was so ready to say something crazy to him that was inappropriate, but because it's just who I am. And I think it's now created this thing that people think no matter what I do and say is messy or crazy. So anyway, from the top of the state to the bottom of the state, our state is on fire. Mm. What is what have you guys have you guys been? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, this, it literally changes the sky. Like the atmosphere yeah. is like uh, it, the crazy part. It sounds crazy. It actually looks really beautiful. It does. On Friday when the smog and yeah, stuff, it like, like a sunset like a painting. at three o'clock, like, and I was like, this, this is, is amazing. And then the ashes started to fall. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Armageddon. Let's go. Losing their homes, but <laughs> unfortunately, it's like I guess beauty for ashes. So do you know anybody affected by the fire? I do. I do. I have a couple of friends who um, were displaced. They had to like move out of their homes and pack everything up that they could and, and get out as quickly as possible. So I do have friends who were affected by it. Um, and it's, it's sad, you know, especially like, you know, thinking about all of those families who've lost everything. And then again, there, there's tons of wildlife that have been affected. So it's a, it's a big deal. So if your house burns down, this one, your house burns down, you really have nowhere to go. No. I mean, because there's one person on my Instagram who posted, uh, I've lost everything. Some I know, some I know, I'm, I've lost everything. I'm homeless and I'm confused. And I was like, wow, just to think like everything burned up and you not have the resources. But apparently 110 people are missing and 23 people have, have died. Uh, and the, the, uh, oh, the death, clo- death tolls climbed to 25. And so, uh, you know, Shout out to everybody out there helping all the fire departments, the first responders, police departments, and um, to the families affected. I mean, we're here with you. And I, and I don't know, like, what do you do in this situation? Because in New York, you guys don't have fires like that. Oh, we do. Not we like do. this. But we don't have wildfires. But the, the problem in New York is all of the buildings are attached and they're old and then they're made out of like lead and stuff like that. So like if I've been in a fire before. So if one building catches on fire, a whole block can go. So it's so. What's like the first thing that you grab when the fire starts? You grab yourself because well, I think you grab your children, you right. grab your pets. Yeah. You know, there's the there's the uh, Malibu ranch thing with the giraffe and all that. Yeah. The people go out to and the, the giraffe was out there left stranded. So they've been Ooh. trying to find ways of getting these animals to safety. So yeah. uh, again, our hearts are, are are with all of those people. Um, but let me go on. Okay, so black Twitter exposes white Instagram models and influencers posting as as black women? Yes. Well, tell me what's so going on with that. So it's something that's going on that I thought was rather interesting. So uh, black Twitter is currently buzzing because people are noticing that white or European featured models are posing as African-Americans doing like skin tanning and darker makeup. And they're calling it a nigga fishing. Now, they're calling um, it what? Nigga fishing. What? Black Twitter, black Twitter is reckless, and this is the term that they come up with. What is nigga fishing? Well, nigga fishing is kind of like the Rachel Dolezal thing, like when you're 
European descent. So like not catfishing, but nigga, nigga fishing. Nigga fishing. Like you're acting like you're an African-American in order to get clout, get likes, uh, get endorsements. <laughs> God is not pleased. Things like that. Wow. So uh, Twitter has been going in on all these people and exposing multiple models. So I guess like the question is, do you all see that this is a problem or do you think that they should be able to do what they do if they're trying to just get clout off of it? Because everybody eventually is like clout tracing. What do y'all think? Yeah, it's well. I'll tell you what you said to me one day when I said, "Oh my God, have you heard this new Sam Smith song?" You said, "I don't like him," and I said, "Why? Sam Smith is amazing." And you said, "Why?" Did, what did you say? I feel that the culture is there are a lot of culture vultures out there, and at the end of the day, is as a African American say? Male, what did you say? There's well, no. I, you said, "Tell me." I don't like him because. People only like R and B music when white people sing it. It's true. Gentrified that is true. soul. That is true. They like. I think Stephanie Mills said they want the culture, but they don't want us. Like they want R and B, but they don't want us. And the thing is, like for me, being a music creator and knowing so many amazing people, we're in the studio day and night creating things. And like you know, I have other friends who I love and take, like you know white friends, but they will walk in with half the quality and we'll get the deal. And then like you're breaking your back. To get your sound stolen by someone. It's been happening forever. So it's like no But do you think it's because... uh, I love Jasmine Sullivan. And everybody say Jasmine Sullivan is so underrated. She's so underrated. But then when her album comes out, we don't stream it. We're not buying... Oh, no, 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 no. We do. We do. (coughs) Here's the thing. Jasmine Sullivan appeals to us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Jasmine Sullivan may not appeal to white people. Right. But Sam Smith, who will sing like Jasmine Sullivan, will appeal to white people. Therefore... White people who control the marketing dollars at these labels will put right. money, money behind it. him. Right. It's in budget. Adele. Right. She's a great I don't, singer. I don't think Adele's that great. She's a great singer. Mm-hmm. She's okay. But she's she, pitchy. She, mm-hmm. She's okay. Say it. But, she's super pitchy. Say it. And if Adele pulled, if Beyonce pulled a stunt like Adele pulled at the Grammys, the I have to say, start over? you stop on the Grammys, the most prestigious stage that we have in music. That people are dying to get. And a lot of artists who deserve it never, like, I think Patti LaBelle doesn't even have a Grammy. And you at the Grammys and you didn't rehearse and you start over. That's airtime. That's disrespectful mm-hmm. to the people who work day and night. Now, I know that I'm not saying that I'm just against people that have a certain sound because I love everybody. I like everything. But I just think everybody should be treated the same. It should be the same marketing dollars that goes into Rihanna, that goes into Britney Spears, that goes into Ciara. You know, and the thing that the truth is, the reason why you don't hear Jasmine Sullivan as much is because she doesn't have the same budget as Sam mm-hmm. Smith. So how do you think we rectify that? Well, it goes into this. It should be labels should treat everyone the same. Everyone, if you're on a label, the same marketing, the same attention, the same. And then also you have to look at your team and your A&Rs. It's also up for the artists, too, to like, you know, we live in a. But but, but we were missing the the question. The question is is how you fix the music industry. The question about nigga fishing, right, about rape, uh, pillaging cultures, about stealing uh, our swag and making it yours so that way you can get to the dollar. Because at the end of the day, black the people still haven't figured out the power behind the black dollar. We don't. I had a nigga online telling me that me and Tiffany Haddish were coons for going to Waffle House after Waffle House has been involved in some shit. Mm-hmm. I said, well, nigga, do you shop at Walmart? Right. Because Walmart is killing black businesses in small communities. Walmart mm-hmm. doesn't give their employees health care coverage, which means all of us taxpayers are paying for a company that's making billions of dollars profit off of black people. So I stopped shopping at Walmart over 10 years ago yep. so i was telling this social this the social responsible nigga 
that he should keep my name. He should keep my name out as well because when Trayvon Martin died, I was the one that led the campaign, mm-hmm. and you remember that mm-hmm. I before yeah. it was socially popular right. to post Black Lives Matter. I was out there really saying niggas right. lives matter right. equally to yours. So I just find it interesting that when we go back to the nigga fishing, like it it is a problem right. that we've even bought into because he'll tell you. You can walk in my house and hear Sam Smith playing right behind right. the Clark sisters. And, and I don't take anything <laughs> away from him. It's just that, like, you know, just if you had to be black for real, most people wouldn't do it. Like mm-hmm. two days ago, I'm just driving in a nice car. We get pulled over and the cop asks us what we do. You know, like, so you can pretend to be a black person or dress like that's fine because ethnicity is a made up word. It's pretty, just who you identify with. But my thing is. If you really had to be a black person, it's very difficult to be black in America. And that to be a black man is a double entendre. It's worse. Well, do you think that we enable it? Because no, although we say... because You sound like... We you know, Kanye interview. West. Just here. talk about the conversation. <laughs> Let me show you nigga fishing. You're thrown back in the water. <laughs> so what do you think, Rob? I mean, this is something that's been happening forever. But, you know, people see the beauty in, in black culture and mm-hmm. in black people. They t- Everyone wants their skin to be a little bit darker... Um, the lips to be a little bit fuller because there's a lot of beauty in that. I feel like sometimes I, even I, enable like the things because like I will listen to Sam Smith or Adele. I'm like, oh, this stuff is cool. But then like sometimes something else from that's very similar from somebody that looks like me, I won't even play it. Mm-hmm. Or like I, lo- I love keeping up with the Kardashians and I, they wear boxer braids and have the butts and stuff like that. But I love I, them too. But it's like, so like I can understand why people sometimes with nigga fish because they can get clout off of we're going to clap for them we but, see a white girl with a big booty like damn she got a big booty but if another black girl come in with a big booty it's like oh that's normal but yeah. here, here's where we have to be better as a people and I hope people hear this and Please. take this the right way when that nigga went online today and posted my video and I'm calling him a nigga because this ain't no brother of mine he posted my video of me and Tiffany and he said my brother I said, you ain't no brother of mine because my brother wouldn't put me on blast and tell his followers sure to come and tell me what they think. That's online cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, in my playground, I play, I play in this thing called the Internet. So I know what you're doing. You trying to do that. I'm a smart nigga shit. Mm-hmm. But what you're really doing is you're masking the way you're trying to bully me by telling your people to come and tell me that I can't have them cheese eggs at the Waffle House. <laughs> now, I had interviewed a model years ago named Kathy Ireland when I started the Trayvon Martin thing because I didn't understand fully how to help. Because the issues were so complex. She said, read a book called How Helping Hurts. She said there were rice farmers in Haiti when the earthquake happened. And everybody was so quick to help that they started sending rice. And what happened was they end up putting the rice farmers out of business. So mm-hmm. they were helping the problem, but then they were creating another problem. Mm-hmm. So I was saying to the smart nigga online, him and Tamika Mallory, that, hey, smart nigga, if you want to help the conversation, so what do we do? We boycott the Waffle House now. Guess how many black people work at the Waffle House? Mm-hmm. So we boycott them, and then they lay them black people off, and then what happens? Now they're unemployed. So what is the real solution while y'all still shopping at Walmart because deodorant is 50% off? It is. <laughs> Understand how the black dollar works. You can't be quick to go online and say the solution to not to, to changing uh, uh, the culture in music is by not listening to Sam Smith. You have to say the the, the way is I'm going to intern and work my way up to the top to get right. there to put niggas back in right. the game. Because, right. I mean, shout out to Beyonce. When I went to the Beyonce concert and I saw Tank walk out, Tank Ben deserved a platform like that because mm-hmm. right. he's one of the most phenomenal R&B singers out there and he's a friend to the show. So I look at, like, Beyonce silently is doing the work. She is. Giving people scholarships. Don't creating uh, uh, concerts to raise money for awareness of black men being killed. 
you know, uh, just the things that she's doing in her shows of, you know, empowering young women. She's doing the work without trying to take credit or saying, hey, everybody, look at what I'm doing. Like the nigga, smart nigga was doing. Employs them too. She's a, mm-hmm. she employs and she employs them. them. Right, right. So, so I think in terms of nigga fishing, yeah, it's a real problem. It's a problem. But see, the stuff y'all are mad at listening, the Kardashians, that's like, okay, they filled their asses and their lips and they're getting coins. <laughs> coins. I don't think they put a bunch of black women on the board and said, this is who I want to look like. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to look like. Right. And if you think about it, big butts were always in in our community, but they weren't big in the culture on television. Mm-hmm. They weren't. Until you had the Kardashians and right. people. I mean, you had, who, who do we have that was like curvaceous black J-Lo? woman? Oh, it was a black, black woman. woman. On TV, like who? Like really? really? If you think about the '90s, everyone wanted to be really thin, so yeah. it, was, it was a big like Holly Berry was really big in the '90s, and right. everyone Lila Rashawn, yeah, yeah. Uh, Angela Bassett, right? All of those are really, really thin, thin women, and you know, black DNA is not like that. So, mm-hmm. but and it's really hard to say that then because we knew Aretha had a fat ass. <laughs> what you're not <laughs> going to do? What you're not going to do? Aretha Franklin had a fat ass. In it, some, I can't. I'm, I'm done. It was. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Pendulums. I'm done. I know Patty LaBelle saw her like, bitch, your ass ain't fatter than mine. But anyway, <laughs> side note. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that once the culture was raped and put on TV mm-hmm. for niggas to consume, right. only then did it say it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Like Same with the Sam Smith music. When, when, when Kim Kardashian put the braids up, she probably just wanted braids. Yeah. yeah it's, I'm it's, sure she didn't rip go through her still a nigga shit book. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And say, I'm going to do that because Bo Derek did it too. Mm-hmm. And Bo Derek was white as hell. Mm-hmm. And she had a fat ass, right? Yeah. And that's why I don't understand the question of are we enabling it? Because, you know, if people want to see our culture and appreciate it and, and you know, steal from it, not pillage it, but if they want to like borrow, Emu- darken their skin, it. fill their lips, get a bigger butt. It's nothing wrong wait, with wait, it. Wait, wait. Now I will say who made me mad. Ooh. What's that fat girl's name? She's an actress, white girl. Just got a Amy Schumer. Nope, she's pregnant. <laughs> she's not fat. She was fat. She, she was. Thick. Oh my god. She was thick and she had a fat nose, but she's she's cool. We fuck with her. We fuck with Amy Schumer. Now I fuck with her the long way. Oh my god. <laughs> she said she was the first oversized woman to have a comedic role, uh, yeah. lead comedic role. Rebel Wilson. Right. Rebel Wilson. She forgot about Queen Latifah in Just Right. Mm-hmm. She forgot about Queen Latifah in The Last Holiday. Mm-hmm. She forgot about Monique in the movie that she did as a leading actress. But see, this is the thing. The media, TV, radio make it popular when the white person did it. Yeah. And allowed her to actually say that she was the first one to do it when they know niggas did it. But see, Queen Latifah, well, I love her. She's so classy. She didn't say shit. Because she knows. It's, po- it's business, though. And it's but politics. how do we change that? I got this amazing new bra. It's so comfortable. It's so just like perfect on my breast. And it was actually really fun for me to go through the process of getting this third love bra. Um, It takes less than a minute. And then they take you through these prompts of figuring out what is the shape of your breast, which, you know, some one, some breasts are bigger than the other. And those play a part in actually how your bra will fit. And third love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. So honestly, in my opinion, it's hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. It's tagless labels. There's no itching, no straps that are slipping, ultra soft smoothing fabrics, lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. And, you know, it lifts up your your boobage. It's third love guarantees a perfect fit. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. 
So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash unlocked now <coughs> to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash unlocked for 15% off today. How do how do we get people who are listening to the show right now saying, I agree, I agree, I agree, but ain't ready to do nothing? What do they do? What you do is I think calling calling people out on it helps because it starts a conversation. It's not like bullying, but it's also like I read this thing online and it was it was a little funny. It said that things that people call ghetto were really creative. And then once people once it's accepted by white America, then it becomes a trend. Like if I had braids at my corporate job and walked in with braids, or my cousin walked in on Wall Street where she works with braids, she would be, they would, you know, they just walk past you, look at your head all day, you know, it's like, but now that it's normal, it's not ghetto anymore. It's like a trend. So don't call things ghetto. That's the first thing, to stop calling our creativity ghetto, because it's not ghetto. It's just because somebody's doing something differently than you, and it's not bought in a store, or it's not designer, or has a big name. It's not ghetto. It's creative. Now, some stuff is hood. It's the difference between hood and ghetto. What do you, what do you think? Because, like, you look at, like, blackfilm.com, right? Mm -hmm. You guys cover black film. Mm -hmm. Why do you think there's this perception that black films can't have the big box office appeal that, say, another Devil Wears Prada or whatever? Like, they look at uh, Wakanda. What's the Wakanda? Black Black Panther. Panther. Mm -hmm. They look at that as, like, the mythical unicorn that never existed. (laughs) Whereas we, like, not niggas go to the movies and niggas want to see niggas in movies. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, I mean, I don't know. That's the that's the million dollar question, to be honest. But I think at some point, yes, we do need to. Um, I think we need to be a little bit better about supporting some of the projects and artists that um, are not as mainstream or that don't have a, a subject matter that people want to run to the movie theater to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so when films, you know, like beloved beloved come out, like we need to be a little bit more supportive of those projects. Go out and see those projects. You know, put. Did anybody see beloved? I, I did. did. I wasn't old enough to see Beloved when it came out. But was that Oprah Winfrey's project? Yeah. But it yeah. was a good project, it right? Was it was great. But why did people go see that? Oprah. It was too deep. The subject matter, it was a book a lot of African Americans don't like to read. So it wasn't I, like drama filled. I don't think that's true. Uh, I, th- it's true. I thought that it was just like. Wait, hold too... on. Wait. He has a library in his house. <laughs> <laughs> so. We are talking about Rob here. <laughs> I'm just. No, let's. I, keep I think it black people read. I, I mean, I think again. I n- not to to I got not to say anything negative about you, but I just don't read. let him say his point of view. But I do think that's that's part of part of it too. The rhetoric we have about ourselves at times can be very negative, and I think we can't fall into the trap of doing that to ourselves either because we are smart, talented, beautiful people. Uh, we read, we write, <laughs> we sing, we dance. We're talented actors. N- not taking anything away from people who are out, are out there working. But right. to me, it seemed like for a very long time, the roles in films that were going to African-Americans were going to musicians and not the actors who were actually putting in the work day in and day out to hone their craft. So I'm like, th- there's little things like that that I feel like we could start working on to put us in a better position from like a film perspective and a music perspective. Um, just giving respect to people who are actually out there working hard and, and putting in the work. But I think... We read, we read. Some of us do, but there. But <laughs> this is another conversation I always have. Like people in 
LA, Los Angeles, and New York have a false reality of what the real world or what the real United States is. And because I did live in middle America and live in other these other rural places that are not as ahead as we are, they don't read. And the truth about it is a lot of people, and then when you look at like even like elections, you look at how, how could so people don't go out and vote, how could they don't do this? It's just because they don't know and because they don't know because they're not educated. But I think that, but again, that and, I, I don't think that's, you can fault black people for that because I think a lot of these communities where these kids don't have access to the same materials other children yeah. do is not a fault to them. So it's not that they don't read. It's maybe they don't have access to some of I the I think it's also dependent on the books that are put out. A lot of these, when I was younger, it was like the first black book I read was like The Coldest Winter Ever. Mm-hmm. Have y'all read that book? Mm-hmm. The Coldest Winter Ever. It's about sex and she's like 16 and getting done by like 25 year olds. And like back to the point of Beloved, when we go to the movies, we don't want to watch Slave Times. We want to watch uh, an escape or something or something that we can see ourselves doing. The Beloved was about slaves stealing the baby. She threw the baby across the room and it died. It was just really dark. And nobody really wants to see that. Well, you look at Precious, too. I mean, like, that that's, that's the other thing. We got we to gotta start doing more movies that are that Lifting. we can fantasize about. Yeah. You know, that we can look at, like, you know, I, like Wolf on Wall Street. Could we have seen him as a black man? We no, no because we got pursuit they, of they happiness. Take, no, because we've never been allowed to see that. Right, right. You never like when you think of Lean on Me. Why that was so amazing? This was a nigga who was in charge of a tough school right. and showed fatherly love, showed discipline, poise, who showed structure, who was demanding they be great. Right. And it was a phenomenal film because for us, we were, most of us were growing up in inner cities where there was right. nobody fighting for us right. to be great. I went to so it was like the that. fantasy about having somebody care about me so much that. Is it my dad or is it my family member? Invest in me being a better person. Like right. we need to have that. But yet Friday, n- <laughs> no disrespect, <laughs> or you know, uh, colors. Don't be a menace. Don't be yeah. a menace. Which those are great classics. But I mean, like that's but, comical. But like we need real stories too. I think we. I think we can tell all of the stories. Like right now, films like Girls Trip. Like that you could have taken all of those amazing actors out and replace them with white characters and it was it's still a story that could be told like we live normal lives too right. and i think those are the, those great stories that are being told now you know need to continue to happen but i don't think we should you know discount the slave movies or you know the gang movies because that's a part of the history and culture of where we came i'm just from saying kids should now, grow so. up to see more than being a slave absolutely mm-hmm. just like I they should be able so. to see they should be able to see the cosby show and they should be able to see you know speak on it right a, a show that we don't it's have a show like that right now, by the way. We don't have any. Oh, we have blackish. 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 I said we have blackish. Um, but there still, was, pow, see, is power? Is that a good one? My problem with blackish, though, <laughs> is that that's still a little funny because they're saying because they're successful, they're blackish. Why can't you just have been black? See, that's that's mm-hmm. the part of the problem. It's that's still a problem because it's saying like we're successful, we're not. They're black, but they're not really black. And see, when I went to school, I, I went to school with like a school like on lean on me. And at first in New Jersey, the paint silt was peeling off the walls. We had 16-year-olds in fourth grade that couldn't read. It wasn't until my mom took a trip to the school and realized that there were kids that now that we know had learning disabilities, took us out. And then we went to the quote-unquote suburb white school when I realized it was the difference. You know, so it's like you, you can't when – I, when I will go there and if you can just speak – decent and i'm not the best speaker then they say oh you're not like or you're like as in like that's not the standard oh, for black i've people. had people no I've, I've been in rooms where people have said you're so articulate right mm-hmm. that's an insult but wait i know what you're saying <laughs> for a black person you saying like damn nigga you can talk right 
Now, you can see me drink and and talk real reckless, but mm-hmm. it ain't talking black. It's just talking like a drunk nigga. Right. Like now, Kirk let's go Craig. back to black Twitter calling this nigga fishing. I got a problem with that. It's a problem. We yeah, need to stop reporting this okayness with using that word and then getting mad when white people say it. We have to start taking hardline position. This goes back to the revelation I had while I was away. There's so many times I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do. He knows. Yes. We're going to go to the gym. 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 I have all the resources. It's not about not having access. It's not about not having the time. It's about saying to myself every day before I do anything, I am worth spending me time first mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I give me to you. Right. It's okay for me to miss a trip here and there to stay home mm-hmm. and go swimming for an hour and have fun. swimming. I love mm-hmm. swimming. Right. I haven't been swimming. I was at Wildin' Out in Atlanta, and I remember looking at a tree, and I said, I don't know the last time I touched a tree. Mm-hmm. I don't know the last time I've sat on grass. I don't know the last time I've walked down the street and looked at bushes. I don't even know what bushes look like anymore. I'm telling you, there, there, there's, I'm so consumed with wake up, do my work, try to find money, go to sleep. Wake up. Do, I mean, you, you, it's great that you're accomplishing things and your bank account is cute, but if at the end of the day all you got is a bunch of shoes and clothes and trips and pictures on your Instagram, are you really living doing what matters? I went home, Adam here that shoots the show. My gift to my sister was shooting her wedding. Wow. That's amazing. And he cut that wedding and that wedding, I mean, it's just amazing. But I know how much that gift and me actually taking one day off. It was my only day off to go home to her wedding. When I saw her reaction and we both cried and all that, I said, you know, all my people want is my time. Mm-hmm. Whereas I can Venmo you, Cash App you, PayPal you, buy you, and I think that that's doing something. That really ain't doing nothing. But that goes back to where we have to be more in touch, not just with ourselves, but in touch with what we're putting out in the world. The nigga fishing, I ain't with that. Ain't trying to hear that. I don't even follow black Twitter because that shit is low-key in a way they use it on television to say black Twitter went crazy to make you look crazy. And exactly. You think, <laughs> and you think it's making us look good. It's not. It's not. Anyway, okay, so this was the friendship show. We should do this more often. Yeah, it was, I, it was, I love it. It was, it was amazing. Next time I'll come on here and tell all y'all business. Oh, <laughs> well, I won't be here for that episode. But <laughs> but uh, Black Ryan Seacrest, we're going to have to demote you. We're going to we have, we gonna have to demote your dreams. He said Dark Skin to, Jason Lee. Yeah, that's what oh, I am. Oh, yeah, Dark Skin Jason Lee. Everybody, meet the Lark, Dark Skin Jason Lee. <laughs> Follow Kelvin on Instagram. Just put the camera on him. Your Instagram is right there. Follow that's this it. thought right here. He'll be with me around the world. No, go to the next thought. Okay, there. Follow him. The only thought. This he, this man naked on Instagram. And follow this smart thought over here with a library in his house. All right. And um, y'all already follow me, so peace. <laughs>